0: Hello, and welcome to Making Mediumship the Norm, the podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Espinasi, known as New Zealand's modern medium. And I have been very privileged over the years to connect thousands of people to their loved ones in spirit, whether that be through one-on-one readings to my sellout Whispers from Above shows. I'm excited to be able to bring you this podcast where together we are going to be bringing mediumship into the everyday homes the everyday hearts and everyday conversations whether you are here seeking solace after the loss of a loved one needing guidance on your life's journey or simply you have a curiosity to explore the mysteries of the universe the making mediumship the norm podcast is here to support you my intention with each episode is to help you bridge the gap with life beyond this earth so without further ado let's tap into today's episode Today, I am really honored to introduce you to my special guest, Melaine, who is a very dear friend of mine, and her story is going to inspire you so much. Melaine is one of these women that, as soon as you meet her, is like (laughs) the most magnetic, bubbly, energized woman. Her aura, her presence, everything about her is just phenomenal. Unfortunately, back in 2021, Malayne was dealt one of the most challenging things that I believe any woman can go through, and that is the loss of her baby boy. And so as a medium, I know that the hardest parts of my job is connecting children to their parents, because that's not really how life is supposed to go. So we're going to be diving into Malene's incredible story not of sadness, but of thriving after loss. And yeah. so without further ado, I would love to introduce you to the beautiful Melane.
1: <laughs> oh, Melissa, thank you. I feel like you have to come sit in my mirror every day and introduce me to me. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> love, you love, love you so much. This intro. I love you too. We were just saying it's been so long since we've connected. And I was so honored, grateful, excited to be able to be on your podcast, share the story. When anyone asks me to talk about Noah, I get so excited because he's passed away. He stays alive in my words, in my thoughts, in my stories. And so any chance I ever get to speak about him and bring him to life, I am a yes to. And I think that that's the difference in me thriving than in a lot of people in life after loss, maybe shying away from telling the story or being embarrassed of telling the story and keeping him alive has supported me in being able to thrive in my life.
0: Yeah. So we met when you were actually pregnant with yeah. baby Noah and yeah. for those listening to put things in context, baby Noah is the beautiful baby boy that is in spirit who we're going to be talking about today. So you were pregnant with him. I hired you as my money coach or wealth yep. coach or something like that at the time. Yep. Yep. You and I instantly hit it off. We just have that charisma with each other. And next thing you know, I'm in your lounge. Yes. Listening to baby Noah. So take us back to the story of how everything kind of unfolded with your stillborn journey with baby Nolan.
1: Yeah. So I will never forget when I met you, I I remember we were at like a brunch with a mutual friend and I heard you speaking about money and I'm all about wealth and abundance. And my evolution as a coach and entrepreneur has evolved and, and rapidly after Noah died, new things took form, which was amazing. But at that point in 2021, it was really all about wealth and abundance. And when I was listening to you, I'm like, oh my God, you're so talented. You have such amazing gifts. You need to be making way more money than you're making. Like let's get together, let's work together. And I really believe in that moment, it was a win-win was being created for both of us, you breaking into a new paradigm, but Noah really setting me up with the people, places, and things that I was going to need in order to feel fully supported and loved. And I remember when he passed, I think on the day after he passed, we had a session together and I said to you, I need to reschedule the session. And I shared with you that he had passed and I wasn't sharing it publicly yet. And immediately I was like, Melissa, I need you to come over and connect me with him. I need closure on this. Can you support me? And you were like, yeah, absolutely. And also like, oh, (laughs) like this is not the part of the job that I love, but I'm going to do it because I love you and I know it will support you. And I remember standing in my kitchen that day waiting for your arrival. So Noah had already passed and I had given birth to him and I was waiting for your arrival and my really good friend Jenna was in the kitchen making me some cacao. She had just driven up from Taranaki, which is like, I don't know, a five or six hour drive. As soon as she found out, she was like on her way up and side note i like to do a lot of side notes guys she connected me with my now soul sister and best friend who's daughter passed away 5 years ago and we've become besties and all this magic has unfolded so it's like no one knew he had he divinely orchestrated it at all and i said to her in the kitchen before you arrived she said what do you think the medium's going to tell you what do you think melissa's going to say to you and i said well she's going to you know, she's going to say that Noah's happy and he's okay. And he, you know, he did everything that he was meant to do in this lifetime. He completed in that short span. And I believe that she's going to tell me that my daughter is going to come through as the next child.
0: (laughs) And, And a few
1: other things. And you came in and you literally, you know, verbatim were like saying, and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like confirming and affirming, which I believe is what's so beautiful about your mediumship is that it's, Really supportive for people to get the confirmation. Doesn't matter how strong your intuition is or how intuitively connected you are, it's great. But when you have someone, when you're questioning or doubting, and you have someone coming in as a third party that doesn't really have a clue of what's going on in your thought process, that then affirms and confirms, it really strengthens your faith in the process, deepens your trust, and gives you like a piece that you can move forward with a little more ease, especially after such a tragic experience, like losing a child. And so you came in and you're like, you know, sharing everything. And I'm like, yep, uh uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Yes, I knew this. I knew this was going to happen. And then you said, are you wanting to have another child? And I'm thinking to myself, like, well, yeah, of course. And you said, okay, well, she's not, or you didn't say she, you said the child's not in the waiting bay. I'd say like maybe six months or so. And I was like, I was so pissed because I wanted to be pregnant immediately after that loss. I was like, oh, oh you know, like getting angry as you're saying that. I'm like, oh, but intuitively I had, oh, I had known it was going to be around October that I'd fall pregnant that year. And so you confirmed that, which didn't really excite me, but I was like, <laughs> okay. And then you kept saying, Ruby, Ruby, like Ruby, 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 Ruby. And I'm like, well, I believe it's a girl coming through, but I'm definitely not going to name her Ruby because my sister's dog that just passed away was named Ruby. You know? No. (laughs) So I'm like, is Ruby in the house or is Ruby coming through? But then in that moment, I was like, that's the gemstone of July. She's coming next July. So I knew like she's coming in July. And then you had said, I like by me antagonizing you like just tell me what you think and you're like it's a girl like it's going to be a girl and I was like okay I knew it I knew it you know and so it was my moment of despair and darkness and feeling so just flat it really gave me like I said this light this glimmer of hope this moment of being able to root deeper into my faith it was like I knew that because when something sideswipes you like a death an unexpected or untimely death quote unquote and now, since then, I don't believe in untimely death, but in that moment I did. And that side swipe is such a shock to the system that then you start to question everything you know to be true. You no longer really trust your intuition because wouldn't your intuition have protected your child or wouldn't your intuition have stopped this from happening? And so when you then get a confirmation like that from yourself, it really supports you in going, okay. I don't live in upside down world. My intuition is correct. I have faith. I have trust that even though this feels like the hardest moment of my life, it's actually in some way, shape or form going to support me.
0: It becomes in some way your biggest blessing in disguise. Yeah. yeah. And we can definitely confirm that you did end up having a little baby girl I did
1: (laughs) oh yes we didn't we left the best part out I did I fell pregnant in October six months later I had a baby girl in July July 8th of 2022 she'll nearly be a year old as we're recording this and the moment I found out it was a girl I voice noted Melissa and was like oh my god it's a girl like we were she's like, "I'm not surprised. I'm not su- like I, I fucking called it, but okay. And so, yeah, so she came Earthside, and her name is Ava, and Ava in Hebrew means life. And so we really wanted to do something for her name that didn't give her the burden of your living because your brother passed, but gave her the empowerment of, like Noah gave life to something new, you know, by him passing, it gave life. And her life has this like deep, profound meaning, but we didn't want to, ha- to have heaviness by naming her like Nola or Noah or, No, you know, and there's nothing wrong in anyone doing that. That's all good. But for us in our own journey, we just felt that Ava was appropriate and her middle name is Marie, which is a family name, my grandmother, my mother, and my sister, but it also means desired child. And so we thought that that was so beautiful to give her... This name was such a beautiful meaning. And, you know, and for Noah, I, you know, in the beginning, everything felt so upside down. I didn't know my ass from my elbow. I was like, I I just don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know what's right and wrong. But what I've come to the conclusion is I needed and had to choose a narrative that served me, supported me, supported my children, because I also have two other children of my own earth side and a stepson. And so I need to show up for those boys. And I needed to do so in a way that supported their own grief and navigating and what would come up. And so I also read the book. And I don't know if you've ever read this book, Melissa Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh, but Home with God in a Life That Never Ends. And it was like soul food for me because basically he says in this book and his dialogue with God is that no one ever dies in a time, in a way not of their choosing. So not consciously. It's not like we consciously come in and like, oh yes, I hope this happens to me. But their soul chooses the way in which they desire to die that's of the highest possible available options on their timeline.
0: Yeah, and sometimes that can be really hard for a mother to, or any parent to kind of understand, well, how is giving birth to a stillborn or... My child passing within the first few months or you know, having a child pass for the highest good. And before we kind of dive into that a little bit, I really want to make sure listeners also know that baby Ava is not a replacement to baby Noah. Like when we did the reading and when I was communicating on the behalf of Noah, he really made it clear that his purpose was to kind of be the navigator for his siblings and that he needed to pass for his sister to kind of come along. And so you didn't just have another baby because you wanted to fill that spot in your heart. It was like, it was part of the plan. Totally. And you know, I have chills as you're saying that because
1: the thing is, I only ever saw two boys, one girl, always. Between Jack and Liam, I had miscarried. And that was Ava coming through, trying to cut the line. And as the miscarriage was completing, I heard her say to me, actually, the radio station was playing and it changed the song. And it was, I'm coming home, that song, I'm coming home, I think by Nora Jones or something like that. And and I thought she was coming home to me. But in that moment, she was going back home to source. And she said to me, in three months time, my brother will be here and then I'll come. And in three months, I fell pregnant with my son, Liam. And so I felt th- I was like, well, yeah, my inner knowing is spot on. Like I know what I'm talking about here. And so when I got pregnant with Noah, I was like, what? What's going on here? Like, where's the where's the girl? Even my hairdresser says to me, like, I know you're pregnant with Noah, but do you think you're gonna have that girl too? Because I, I feel like the girl's coming. And everyone and their mom, like as soon as Noah passed, once they could sense gauge my grief and how I was, they would say, you know, I feel like a girl is coming. So it was always long ago written in the stars that this was going to be the way it unfolded. And if he had said to me, listen, you're going to have to lose your son in order to get her. I would say, no, I don't, I don't, that's okay. I don't need to have what I want, but it was planned long before. And so it's like, I can't change that Noah chose that as a soul having the experience, but I can honor him and I can live my life for him in a way that would make him proud and not upset because me just surviving or not thriving would be so dismissive of his loss.
0: Yeah. And I loved his energy when I connected with him. He was such a light. He was very empowering. I know sometimes hard to understand that, but his role really is and honor in spirit, like he is so proud to be in spirit, being the guardian, helping everybody out, like he thinks this is the coolest thing ever, and I feel like this is hard for those who don't necessarily understand mediumship Mm -hmm. to kind of grasp, and this is why this podcast and these conversations are so important to me, because I really do want to illustrate that There is a greater purpose to everything. Like you said, souls choose their path. And sometimes souls just want to experience the mother's love and they don't necessarily need to come earthbound. They can feel that during the pregnancy or maybe sometimes their role is to wake you up a little bit, like shake you up with their loss. There are so many different reasons. I also recommend Journey of Souls as a book to read for people because that kind of explains this a lot. But I would love, I know you you are so bubbly and so inspiring, but I want you to just take us back to the moment of when it actually happened and take mm. us to those real emotions of I've lost, well, I don't believe we lose anything. You don't, yeah. you don't lose a baby. It's not a pair of keys. Take us back to the moment where you felt maybe something was happening, something wasn't quite right, and then it happened, just so we can really understand what a mother really goes through. Mm-hmm. And then maybe share with us, apart from, of course, having the reading with me, yeah. how you, in some ways, brought yourself out of it.
1: Yeah, totally. I think that in that moment of finding out, well, actually, we'll go a step behind that the night before he I found out I had a moment just a fleeting thought what if Noah were to die just a thought that flew by and it was like what if Noah were to die and I thought was like it was almost like a a marquee that I could see like I could see the words going through my head and I thought well that's awful and I just kind of pushed it to the side and then the next day, I was Noah was to be my last child. Even though it did feel a little incomplete, I was just, you know, I'm at I'm at peace. I'm just going to be a boy mom, and that's okay. And I was planning a home birth because I had had Liam came so fast; he was born at home, so I really wanted to have a home birth. So we were at the midwife's office with my doula and my midwife, and. um We Everything was just like happy and joyful. And then they had got me onto the table to check his heart rate. Because you do that at every checkup, check the belly measurements and heart rate. And they couldn't find his heartbeat. It didn't really land for me in that moment. It wasn't like, oh, he's gone. I just was like, well, figure it the fuck out. Like you're a midwife. Why can't you find it? Like, come on now. But then as they were searching, I'm like, he's really big. Like I'm 37 weeks. He's full term how can you not find it? 14 weeks, 13 weeks. Yeah, I get it. They're small. They're hiding behind the placenta, et cetera. 37 weeks. This doesn't really make sense. Then my midwife started rubbing my leg. And in that moment, I was like, oh, like my heart just dropped into my stomach. And I thought something's wrong. Still, you're in so much shock and it's really amazing what the body and mine do during shock. And it's almost like this separation occurs and you're just running on like adrenaline. And I remember my whole body just kind of like shaking as they walk me out of that room into the next room to then confirm and then bring me. I mean, the process that they bring women through is terrible. Like it's not a great process because no one wants to deliver the news that your full term. Baby is dead. No one wants to deliver that. And so they kind of keep passing the buck. And oh, the machines are old and this and that. And finally, we get to the hospital and they were like, We're so sorry, but your son has passed away. And I had this peace wash over me where I was just like, It's going to be okay. Like the worst thing in my life just happened. And I have this peace fucking washing over me. And I'm like, What? And it was just like, It's gonna be okay. And so I'm in the hospital room consoling everyone else that's crying, like, it's gonna be okay. Everyone fucking relax. They probably thought I was on like drugs or something at that point. I'm like, no, I just, it was like Noah was channeling that divine light in me of like, it's gonna be okay. And my husband was losing the plot and everyone was like breaking down. I have broken down. Like people will say to me, oh, you must not be normal or human or this or that. And understanding my human design, which is a part of my now story too, I understand that the design in which I have, we're just like phoenixes that rise from the ashes. We're like born for these moments and events. And and so from that moment, I was like, oh, And I remember I got home that night and I was sitting on the edge of my bed talking to my friend who was here because I called her immediately to come and help out with the kids. And I said, I just want to be five years past this point. Like, I want to be further out from this so that I can look back and be like, oh, look how amazing you got through all of this. I don't want to be in this now moment, you know? I think that's a way that we protect ourselves too, is by the separation. And so through like so much healing work and therapy and, trauma retrieval work, I've been able to like really connect with those emotions to release them because it's so fucking important to release that and not to stifle it in. But I'll say I'm grateful. So they sent me home and two days later I went in to give birth to him. They wanted to give my body some medicine to help it get ready to give birth. What's really interesting is that a lot of people were like shocked that I gave birth.
0: And I thought well, I was, I was like, well, how does that even work? Yeah you know, part of my job is I've connected so many women to their stillborn babies. I've yes. done fundraisers for Sands, which is the yes. stillborn foundation in New Zealand. So, you know, I have been involved a little bit, but I find it in some ways for me, I'm like, that's so cruel. Yes. I'm sure you have other opinions on it. Yeah. it is really beautiful, but I'm like, that is so cruel having to give birth to a baby that, you know, has passed away. Exactly. I mean, sometimes it happens that you are giving birth and then the baby passes in that moment, but you already knew, but I already
1: knew, like I was now like, I felt like a morgue, you know, like my body had become a morgue and it was really, I still look back and go, how the, how did I get through those 24 hours? Like, how did I knowing? And so I went back to the hospital to give birth. They induced me and they really, I wanted a C-section. I was like demanding it, fighting for it. But evidently, if you don't know why the cause of death occurred, there's a lot of complications that can occur during a C-section of a stillborn. And so they didn't, they wanted to avoid that. My midwife went on further to say, and the pain the anguish, all the feelings that you're feeling. I want you to channel that as you're birthing to release the energy of that. Because if we don't release that, it's going to get stuck in your body. And I was like, that landed for me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And she also said to me, honor Noah by giving him the birth that you wanted to give him. And I thought, all right, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll give him the birth that he deserves. And so it was by far the most sacred, beautiful, like most magical experience. And you say, Meline, you're giving birth to your son that had passed. And I'm like, Yeah. And it, I felt so held by my Earthside team and my angelic team. It was the the room felt like the energy in there. Was like there was no threshold between the spiritual and the earthside realm. Like it was just everyone was there. It felt like Grand Central Station. I my <laughs> it's like grandma's there, great, you know, like everyone's there hanging out.
0: And, and Noah would have been Noah was there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it was just, and I remember he came, you know, without breath. And the midwife said to me, He's here. And I got to hold him and have skin to skin. And in that moment, I it felt like he was there and it felt like his soul. And I actually remember you saying, there was a moment that he embodied his body just for a moment to let you experience what it feel like to hold him. Do you remember that moment? And I said, yeah, I do. Cause it, it felt like he was there when I was holding him skin to skin. And it was this moment of like pure love. And everything felt okay. It was that peace that I had washed over me. It was that again. And then he was gone. He was like, I'm out. You guys, it's time for you to learn your lessons and do your thing. And my husband, who was very non-spiritual and didn't believe in anything, he says, his soul's gone now. And I'm like, oh, so you believe in souls? And he says, yeah. Noah has made me realize there's more to life than what it appears.
0: Isn't that beautiful? What an incredible lesson Noah was able to pass on in that moment to his father. And you think, you
1: know, there's cliches, like everything happens for a reason and everything's a blessing and all that. And it's like, I don't like to throw that at women that have lost children because it's hard to swallow that one. But what I'll say is that they didn't die in vain, meaning that for anyone to like suffer or to choose pain or to be a victim of the experience... Is them just dying in vain because their soul chose that path for something? And I believe it's my job to find that something out, to figure out what did they, what were they looking to instill in me? Strength, resiliency. I'm such a better mom because of Noah. I'm so present and connected to my children and my children are so aware of spirit and god and having a higher power and on his birthday every year we we have traditions that we've created to honor him so we talk about him because he's just as much part of the family as my earthside children are and on his birthday this year we just like we do every year we put up a lantern into the sky and we say okay noah it's coming to you it's our it's our you know hello from us and this year because my boys are now 5 and 3 they're like Okay, Noah, here it comes. Like they're talking to him, you know. I love it so much. (laughs) It was so cute. And like Ava's like, ah, ah," you know. And as we're walking away, Jack says to me, this is not fair. And I said, what's not fair? And he goes, I want him here to play with me and to scream with me and to, you know, have fun with me. And I said, I know, sweetheart. It's not fair, but you know, what's really cool. Not many people have a brother that is watching over them and supporting them to make sure that you have the best life. And he's like, suddenly looking up in the air and he's like, but how will I know? And I'm like, every time something good happens in your life, that's Noah helping you. And he's like, you could see the little wheels just kind of turning and doesn't say anything. And then the next day says to like the teachers, like, yeah, I was asking him about his reward that he got last week for having his first week completed. Cause I said, we'll get a little treat for finishing his first week of school. And I was like, oh yeah. And out of nowhere, Jack says, yeah, my brother Noah's in the sky, just so you know. And I thought, oh, okay. And the teacher just kind of looked at me. I said, well, and I explained the story and the teacher kind of like missed the whole, you know, she was just like out to lunch. Didn't really, it didn't really miss the magic. She missed the magic. Yeah, for sure. And he just kept talking about him. He's like, yeah, my brother Noah loves me and I love my brother Noah. And I just thought like how beautiful that at the age of five, like he's really starting to understand that he has this brother in spirit and that he's going to have such a deep connection with there's life beyond this. Noah came, changed our lives in like 37 weeks, threw everything on its head, but
0: we are living better lives because of him. And in memory of him, his legacy lives on. And because of some of the challenges that you saw for bereaved mothers and all of that kind of yeah. stuff, we don't want to put point fingers to anybody and all that kind yeah. of nonsense. But you created an incredible foundation called the Noah Alexander Foundation, yep. which helps mothers of, is it just stillborn babies or also mothers who experience loss? of children?
1: We were debating on who we were going to help. And then as we started looking at the numbers and the stats, we were like, Oh, there's actually more than we thought. So we really focus on stillbirth as well as neonatal death. The neonatal death is considered a child passing in the first week of life. So we're primarily focused on that and it, not to diminish child loss at any you know age or stage is devastating, but we focus on that. And people can donate to
0: this Yes. Yeah, so, and I'm going to link it in and all, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, perfect. So people can the Noah Alexander foundation.com.
1: You can donate. It tells our mission, our vision, the packages that we've created every year on his birthday, we've donated hundreds of packages to the hospitals care packages that include slippers and robes for mom and, you know, some lotion for mom and just little, little things that kind of feel like A warm hug and someone else cares, you know? A onesie and a little teddy for bubs. Because when this happens, it's usually a shock. It's not a planned thing. And parents might not even have the outfit or things prepped they might just get thrown into an emergency c-section or you know it might happen weeks before they they had bought anything so these care packages do wonders so we've donated them grief sessions to people we've donated to families food money anonymously so it's it's really been a beautiful experience the ripples and magic that noah has created not even being earthside. You know, a mutual friend of ours said to me once, Noah's feet didn't even touch the ground, but he's made more of an impact than so many other people I know that have been here for decades. And people doubt the power of our
0: loved ones in spirit.
1: Yeah, I know. And I think, you know, if something that you do beautifully is like connecting people with the magic of You can still have a relationship with someone even after they pass. And actually, it's still
0: evolving after they pass. I believe really the journey of relationships really begin when we have that person go into spirit because that's where we learn eternal love. Yeah. Because otherwise we say love is eternal, but how do we really know? Well, it's when we experience being with that beautiful soul in different dimensions at the same time. So to me, I just love having these conversations, even though I don't really want to be having this conversation with you. I totally. would have yeah. I much rather like, Noah be Earthside as, as yeah. you said. <laughs> but the gift that that mediumship has given me is to be able to give you that peace. And give you that hope, give you that reassurance, that understanding, and how to navigate the relationship moving forward with the spirit realm. And yeah. so, even though every time I have a mom come in and she's like, I want to connect to my child, my heart sinks, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this because that's just not how life is. Yeah. Yeah. I look at it as I actually get to do something so beautiful. And what an honor it is to be able to give that mom or that parent that connection in, in that moment. I, I feel like I'm going to cry. I've done this so many times yeah. and I want you to just share what are some words of wisdom yeah. for any mother that is potentially going through this right now yeah, or may eventually go through something like this. and. How did all of this, I know I'm like asking a thousand questions in one, but how did all of this then shift into you really thriving in your life now?
1: Yeah, totally. So my words of wisdom would be like, don't spiritually bypass, don't jump the plot, don't jump the train, meaning don't try to find the meaning of the death right away. You know, feel the feelings, grieve, cry, scream, saying it's unfair, saying that nothing, like I'm mad. Those are all parts of the process that are so important not to skip. And so I remember my work with Neil Donald Walsh happened right after Noah passed. And I was asking him like, why would this happen? Why would I choose this? I just, why would I manifest this? Because I'm in the personal development world, I manifest things, right? So why would I manifest this? And he said to me, number one, I usually say to most people, don't find meaning or look to start learning to evolve from an experience like this until at least a year after to just give yourself the space and season to grieve. He's like, and being that you are unlike a lot of humans, we can go there if you desire to. <laughs> and so I said, I was like, yes, please, let's do it. And something that he said to me that gave me such peace was that, again, no one dies of a way in their time. It's not of their choosing. But to say that why you chose that would negate the fact that Noah is his own soul with his own free will, with his own life path. And so you saying, well, I choose everything would mean that you were God experiencing life as Noah and you weren't. And he said, so everyone that knows about Noah and his dying had a part to play in the story unfolding. And so when he's like, and when you're ready, you will start to see the reason why it unfolded for you in your time, in your way. And then that slowly started to unfold for me. And what I really saw was that Noah brought a vibrancy to my life that would never be available if I hadn't lost him. The way I can see things is very different. My empathy levels and compassion levels, very different. My gratitude levels, very different. My presence to my children, very different. Connection to my husband, everything is like amplified. It's like when you lose a child, it's suddenly like the grass is green because you have an appreciation that this fleeting time on earth is not long. And so anything that's happening, it's like, whatever, It'll work out. You'll figure it out. It's not worth stressing, getting upset, worrying about. So he really gave me that gift. And then once I changed the the mindset of like, why did it happen to me? And by the way, in that moment, I had like nine years of personal development work. So I was clear that I was in
0: victim, which felt very uncomfortable. But, once but you a- kind of also have to go there. You have to. Like it is part yeah, of the to- process. It's part of the process. You but have want to don't stay there.
1: You just don't want to stay. It's like you're in the dirty diaper or nappy. You can't stay there forever. You know, you want to eventually change that. So it's like, I'm going to change the mindset. I'm going to slowly start to see things from a different perspective. And slowly over time, I started to see things from a new vantage point, which was that Noah's life was a gift. We're not talking about his death. We're talking about his life. And he chose to have a life that was 37 weeks long in gestation. And so his presence was the gift, period. And now I'm going to live my life for him. So everything I see is for the both of us. Everything I do is for the both of us. And that little shift, and I'm like, it is all unfolding for the highest. And sometimes we don't know what that highest is. In that moment. But we eventually get it. We eventually get it. And suddenly... I had this moment this year when I was like, just go all in on life. Just go all in because you don't know how long you have. So go all in, live life to its fullest. And I know it sounds like so cheesy, but that's really not. (laughs) That's the moment I had, you know, and then since then, you know, this year I've released weight, my business has exploded. All these pieces started to come together. And people will say to me, oh my God, how, and how, and how, and all? and And I'm like, honestly, he's my fuel. I do it because of him, not in spite of. I do it because
0: of him, not, oh, I can't because of. And I really love that about you. I feel mm-hmm. you are, I know that's probably not the thing to say, but I feel you're such a beautiful spokesperson, role model. Thank you. Inspiration for anybody who has gone through this i mean most people will never experience this yes a lot of women will experience miscarriages or terminations but to actually go through the loss of a child is i mean do you know the statistics of the top of your head i mean i'm like I mean, it's not it's everybody like that's going to go through this still, stillbirth
1: is higher than you'd think it's one in in new zealand it's one in 130 but that's 20 weeks onward Old term stillbirth is like one in five hundred, so it's not uber rare, but it's not every day happening type of experience, you know. So I pray that no one else ever. I wish no, I could wish I could be like no one else ever go through this. But alas, there's going to be women that do go through it. And so my message to you would be: be so loving, so gentle. Do whatever you need to do in that first year to survive. That supports you. Choose choices that will nourish your soul. And when you're ready, ask for it to be revealed what the blessing is within it, what the lesson is, what's the, what's the mission, the purpose that your child came to bestow on you. I read something at the end of Neil's book that said children that die at full term during birth or early in childhood are angels or divine masters coming to experience earth and only wanting to experience unconditional love. So beautiful. It's so beautiful. You know, they want to experience that. And if you think about it, Noah only ever knew deep, unconditional love. He never had to hear,
0: like experience any of the craziness of the world. Such a gift. And you, Milaine, are an incredible woman. I admire you yeah. so much. I know that your story made me really reassess how I am as a mother. And I feel mm-hmm. like, especially with my youngest and I was like, Okay, I'm appreciating you so much more now. And so thank you for sharing your story here with us. I love you so much. I love you too. I know Noah's story here will touch many more lives. So baby Noah, we love you. Thank you for the gift that you are. And Mm. to anyone going through this, you're not alone, we're here for you. Amen, thank you. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. I want to express my utmost gratitude for having you joining me on this journey in making mediumship the norm. As we together continue to explore the depths of the spiritual realm, I ask if you could please leave a five-star review for the podcast. Your feedback and your ratings not only brighten up my day, but they also help others to discover the podcast so we can truly bring mediumship into the everyday homes and conversations. And if you're ready to dive in deeper and want to work with me and see what possibilities await you, I encourage you to book in a reading with me or to check out the Soul Love Academy. Thank you so much for being part of this incredible journey in making mediumship the norm. I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Until then, remember that you are a gift to the world. Together we awaken, together we align, and together we ascend. Love always, Melissa Espinasi. Mwah!